0: What's up, men? Welcome to the Male Cartel podcast. Let's get started. Do you think men are
1: important? Well, I'm not like asked. for what? Men <laughs> are not meant to be dominant. Men are meant to be submissive.
0: Life's too short to exercise. I'm just gonna be honest.
1: It's okay to be fat. Dispelling
0: toxic masculinity and really redefining what it means to be a man.
1: Men can cry. You so it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be weak. I'm telling you right now, not everybody wants to see you win. You seem to be more woman than you are a man. You don't have any manly quality. You uh, give them this message that it's okay to be a man. It's not okay, it's necessary. How are we gonna do without men? If you look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up. These men, they're doing impossible things. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Be a dangerous man. Being dangerous is not being a threat. They're two different things. You can't be a good man if you're not a dangerous man. You say one disrespectful thing to my wife. I am not only willing, but I am able to inflict great bodily damage.
0: I'm going to do everything in my power to become a
1: victor and not a victim. I can't explain it, but you better feel it. Winners win, and losers lose. I can't explain it any better than that. I don't know how it happens, but winners win. And if you create a culture of losing, if you keep being a victim, if you keep letting losing happen to you, if you keep letting people do you and treat you any kind of way, it's going to become a culture. What's the matter with you? There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Here's your host, Nick and Shane hey what's up Mel cartel we back this is shane hi i'm nick and i'm looking at my good buddy nick that's my good buddy nick those who are just now tuning in you might have found this on the apples the spotify or the youtubes and uh no we are Mel cartel and uh and yeah all the places on the line all the places on the line nick what is up what's happening bro Man, there's been a lot
0: going on. It seems like this last two weeks since we recorded our last episode has just been forever. Hundred percent. Kind of miss you know being with you and discussing things. Uh, but yeah, it's just been a crazy season. Having to hire a new staff member, my administrative assistant, is having to step out for family issues, and so having to do the do the interview stuff, and that's never fun because people don't want to work these days. They don't want to show up to interviews. Yeah don't want to be professional and just say i can't make it to an interview so it's uh it's fun but preach busy. that's right <laughs> preach i think everybody has seen that you were uh you were involved you had a winter thing
1: or uh, winter uh
0: conference was well it?
1: speaking of ministry assistant just hired one in january 1st so we just got I just one. Missed her. it took uh it took forever to hire one, i don't like have forever months. i'm gonna have to settle <laughs> So we just, dude, we just like stumbled into it uh, late December. So that, but yeah, we had a winter conference, about five hundred people on on our campus student ministry or next gen, and so uh, extremely tired, man. I like honestly, last week was a very tiring week. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like camp where you get to end the day at camp on like day three, and it's at you're at night, and you realize, man. Like, you're tired. Yeah. And, you know, but the reason you can keep going is that you know that the next day is uh, the last full day of camp. You know, usually that's how it works. How many days was camp. it? Two days? It was a Friday, Saturday. Okay. But, it's a, but you know, it felt like a whole like a whole week. But then, you know, the whole week leading into it, you're prepping for last-minute things, walkthroughs, right. et cetera. And then you have youth on Wednesday. So, like, you're still in all your meetings on the rest of the time, and then we were dealing with maybe a potential pivot for that Friday because of the weather, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was a lot. I think my brain, you know, I, I don't have much up there. So, whatever was up there was done. <laughs> you know, it was done. I have that four cylinder brain. So, <laughs> well, I mean, that's,
0: that's a tough deal to pull off anyway after the holidays because yeah. in the church world, Christmas is busy and so you've got all of what you're doing there and then on the tail end of that coming into the new year and bam you've got a two-day yeah. retreat conference yeah so. and then
1: two weeks from now we go to a winter retreat which is kind of like our campus like big thing for our next gen and then you've so, got
0: a big
1: uh, D now or something yeah in February and then at the end of February in Statesboro it's like a, a bunch of churches get together um, and then they hosted it at the large church there in Statesboro and then I come in and speak Friday and Saturday and then um, then the next month in March I have another speaking engagement so all uh, that pretty busy a full-time pastor uh-huh. parent uh-huh. husband bet you make it all happen yeah we do Pro- you gotta be really good at prioritizing things and then um, early mornings you know so work out so do all that and um, just gonna be calculated you just can't be too loose Got a lot yeah. riding on, you know. And, well, people. I mean, uh, so. when you've
0: got, you know, you've got forty hours a week, fifty hours a week, whatever. I mean, you can fit a lot into it if you yeah. prioritize 100%. and make it, make it happen, and just focus yep. on the work and not just go hang out, hang, you know, yep. be, scroll online and you know, kill the time.
1: Yeah, and you know, and there's there's times definitely. You know this, and those who are listening know it too. Like you got to have your times where you rest, right? So you got to have whatever. What that looks like for you? Some people, you know, I, I find rest fishing or doing things outside, which for some people is not really resting, you know? But that's where I, 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 I kind of get recharged. You got to just know yourself and know who you are. But I think a lot of people just don't. I mean, honestly, just speaking from just so many counseling times where people want to have a conversation about their life and want to get some wisdom. And I'm just some dude from South Augusta. So, you know me. And those who listen, you know, I'm not very, I'm not a, a super smart guy. I don't have any of those, but, but when I, what I can do is just tell you that, you know, you need to be calculated and prioritize a lot of things. And then even when you don't want to do it, just handle your business, do what you're supposed to do. And, um, and well, but I think that's know, important know who you are. Yeah.
0: because people will look and we've used videos from Jordan Peterson and <laughs> uh, talk about yeah. Dave Goggins and all these guys that you see the reels and they've, gotten fame online because of how the internet works and they may have had fame before that but a lot of people look and go well i'm not that person and act like they've got some kind of magical schedule or whatever that might be you know i saw somebody comment about one of the social media influencers got a great podcast and talking about how you know, oh, this person's able to do this because he pays somebody so much per month and, you know, almost discounting the work that goes into what they do. But they started out as normal people just like us. Yeah. Some of them have gone to the place of even being homeless, losing everything, and yet has found success through hard work and dedication. Uh And so I I think that's important, you know, not to discount yourself while we can be, uh, you know, we, we can be, have humility, which we should, to go, you know, I'm a nobody from South Augusta, Blythe, yeah. Georgia, whatever. But the reality is, you know, anyone can be, uh, can prioritize their time. They can, yeah. you know, focus on their fitness. They can work hard and achieve a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be your primary focus as a full time pastor, parent, husband you know, so on and so forth, you accomplish a lot outside of that because of just simply going, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna schedule my time, I'm gonna prioritize yeah. what's important, and then you can accomplish a lot of things. Yeah. But if you're playing and not I'm not bashing video games and stuff like that, but if that is your life uh-huh. or just going and having coffee or hanging out and eating lunch or, you know, staying on the internet or whatever that might be that eats away your time, you're not gonna be able to, to
1: accomplish as much well, dude, I think about you. I mean, honestly, I was thinking about just the other day when matter of fact, it was when we left it was I guess the last podcast, last episode one, um was uh season two was uh your your car, your truck messed up and then I was just thinking, I mean we rode together. Um yeah. and I was just thinking how, you know, how um your your car's messed up. You still gonna go to work. You still have to figure that out. You still you have a family. Um, you still have have responsibility. You still have a sermon to prep for Sunday. There's a lot of things you know. And then I saw the picture of your your truck's back. But if anybody knows anything, when you don't have a ride, there's a major inconvenience. Especially if you're so used to like driving in your own car. When I only I'm down one car, like, it's just. Wow. I mean, you're just at everybody else's, you know, the, at their mercy pretty much. Right. And you just feel... That's why we were riding together. <laughs> I know. You feel off, dude. And so I think that, you know, but it didn't stop you. But I've known many people and have worked with people too who, when their car's messed up, man, they just blame the car. They're like, you know, it's like every day they're going to find something to blame why they can't do the job. And right. then, they don't, then they piggyback and go, how terrible their week was because of their car and it's like they they you know try to justify they found the oh i I can i can point all the blame to that when really it's like man you still got to figure that stuff out you know so a lot of that yeah and that's
0: i mean that's what i think a lot of people look for the easiest excuse
1: yeah that's good that's a good word you know
0: because we don't like discomfort and we don't like to do hard work naturally yeah and so any excuse is like, oh, well, I don't have to do this.
1: That's right. Did you work out this morning? I did. What but time did you go?
0: Three a.m. I mean, I got up at three a.m. Yeah. yeah, I was there by about three thirty-two. Man, it was cold, bro. It was 20, <laughs> in the twenties. Uh, it was it was cold. Uh, <laughs> well, but talking about the gym, I hadn't gone since probably last Friday. Okay. Saturday, yeah, Saturday morning. Um, and I think because I was carrying some heavy boxes uh, here um, at the church doing some um, uh, janitorial supplies that I had to carry into the building. And I don't know if I lifted wrong, whatever, but by the time it, – it, that was about a week ago, so I don't know. It could have been something in between there. Saturday morning, I got probably about 2, 2.30, had to use a restroom. I stepped out of bed and almost collapsed to the floor. Like there was Dang. such a sharp pain in my back. I mean, I could feel it in my abdomen. Oh. It went down into my legs. I don't know if it was like a pinched nerve. That sounds like a hurting or disc or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. So uh, and I had to go to the restroom. And so even standing there was just hard, um, just so much pain. So went and laid back down. And then when it was kind of time to get up, we had to go do some things. Um, the, the thought crossed my mind i can't do this and then immediately i like i refuted that you know i'm thinking about people who will use the uh-huh. easiest excuse you know uh-huh. and uh, the smallest bit of pain stops them from doing anything uh-huh. i said no i can do this and my mind went to the gym and how that has literally trained me because when you go work out and you train um you you're working against the odds. Like you want to lift heavy things. You want to exert yourself. And so I think that has helped me because instead of laying there all day going, Oh, I can't get up. My back's hurting. I just I had to fight through it. I had to just work through it. I um, came and put the baptism up by myself, a big water trough. Of, well, just knocked the, yeah.
1: knocked our sign down. Hard to the, turn
0: it off now.
1: All, all the weight. I was going to talk
0: about that, but it, but but I think that helps you because right. you're used to that delayed gratification. You're used to working through hard things, and so today it was uh, better for the first time. I had to force myself to rest because i didn't want to because yeah. i didn't want to miss the gym yeah but at the same time uh it wasn't just like i'm sore it was yeah. literally if you know if you've been certain ways it's a sharp pain Hell shooting yeah. through your body so i didn't want to injure myself more but just
1: talking about those easy excuses i was on the brink of like being that very huh guy yeah, that's right that's right dude i feel it man i mean shoot this morning i didn't want to even get up and I mean, I was I was out the door by six thirty, but I didn't even want to get up this morning. I don't know why. I just think maybe it was from a long week and Monday. Matter of fact, it was MLK Day. We were off, and so I found myself, um, found myself in the middle of the day. Took like a fifteen minute nap, fell asleep, and I just I felt my head, you know, and uh, I just dozed off fifteen minutes and got up strong, did everything, and then we then. Everything got simmered down. My boys was playing. My, my family's kind of out and about doing, running different errands or whatever. And uh, I'm sitting up in the, in the chair. And dude, I fell asleep again, <laughs> literally hey, for another. Uh, <laughs> I felt like I did, felt like a grandpa, and it was about another fifteen minutes. And I had my cover all snuggled up. And then I was, I had to get up and like get get ready for 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 the food. My wife came. And she goes, "Are you sleeping again? Are you <laughs> are you sick?" And because that's never me, you know. And then she's, "Are you sick? Are you?" They thought because my one of my sons were not feeling good and was laying around sick, sickly. And uh, and I was like, "No, I don't know what's happened. I really, but you know, I was just grinding. You know, I'm now lift weights. You know, I, I I trained. I mean, I did. I increased my miles because I had." Oh, yeah, the that's other right. Week, it was done a yeah. little bit more. And then uh, Saturday, you know, we, it's all day. I mean, it's just a gauntlet of a day. And the night before, it's a gauntlet of a day. I mean, it's just a, a straight, like, nine days uh, of just getting after it. And then, but I, I left, I was at Walmart before 6, picking up all the supplies on Saturday. 6 a.m.? 6 a.m., way before so everything's getting...
0: Shopping senior so.
1: shopping I'm out there with the the, the sneaker club you know <laughs> silver <laughs> the sneakers new <laughs> the new balance <laughs> the new balance club <laughs> and I was out there doing my thing and because I knew I needed to get the stuff and then the Y didn't open till 7 so I was out the door at 5 something there at 6 o'clock sharp loading up buggies full of water and everything else everything that we need last minute things and then put, loaded my truck and I got to the gym and it was like 6.55 and I just waited until I saw that light turn on, and I went inside and worked out. I just did 30 minutes of, of this cardio stuff, and then I worked out like a beast, went crazy, and then walked out at 8 o'clock sharp, and then... Went home and took two naps. No, went straight to the church, because uh, we had... Everybody's rolling at 8.30 for the, the for breakfast. Gotcha. So my team was already there, and so I already... Everything was already set up before we left, so really, there was nothing for us to do. Just to, But I needed to unload the vehicle, because I had tons of supplies, and so, but I got that in and I just think, uh, and it's Sunday. Oh, I didn't say it, mention it. The Y open up Sunday afternoon for working out in the gym for like three hours, middle of the afternoon. They, they've never done that before. And so uh, I had a crazy morning and afternoon and my brain just, you know how it is dealing with people and having conversation. And I just felt like I could not process literally any information. I'm not speaking that or anything like that. I got some things I need to do, but I hadn't. We had high school, we meet on Sunday nights. I couldn't even process back-to-back conversations that I had with people and things that I really needed to, to get done. I just, my brain was fried. Like I really didn't have anything left to offer. And I usually don't get to that spot, but it was just one thing after another, spontaneous things that are kind of thrown on you and you're having to make decisions and you're having to have a big old conversation, things you didn't plan for like, hey, I need to talk to you. And you're like, okay, and you're like, when you have another, have another comment. It was just a lot for my brain to comprehend and, um, and I was like, I got to go. So I didn't eat lunch. I just left and I had one hour I could spend. So I went straight there and I did 45 minutes of, of cardio, different equipment, just straight running, and, and then walk and elliptical and then I did um, push-ups and pull-ups so many I can do in a five-minute period and how many push I can do in a five-minute period. And that was it. I just left no weights. I didn't lift anything. It was just that. But but I felt, literally, dude, I felt like a million bucks when I came Damn. back. I was tired. My body was done. But my brain, it clicked. My brain was like, let's go. It was operation. Now, my body was completely depleted. But my brain was like, all right, we're ready like Freddie now. And so I think that's probably why... I, Come Sun, come Monday, come Monday, man. Yeah, it was Monday. You had two naps. Two Monday, I had two fifteen minute naps. Hey guys,
0: so. those that are over fifty, if y'all could, because Shane's pushing fifty. That's uh, right. Producer Corell is fifty four. Uh, if y'all could send him just some helpful t- t- uh, tips. on... Oh. <laughs> What to do to keep his mind fresh, uh, once right. he crosses that threshold of fifty? <laughs> that's uh, right. Beyond the because if the gym weren't open, what would he have done? So what is it? Uh, do you drink V eight juice? Uh, what L- it, what warm is it milk. That you keep? warm milk? Bro. Warm I'm milk, milk. This something hot tea. <laughs> uh, what what is it that you use to keep your mind fresh? Well, Dude, be, hey,
1: what what's uh, show us some new yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's
0: what I was going to say. We've got a couple of props and really a shout out uh, to one of our male cartel. Uh, one we've got some props here got a little sign I had to turn it off uh, it'll glow multiple colors uh, without the remote once it goes off so I knocked it down and that's what happened but that's uh, just so we can update it showing our episode uh, Mel cartel a little sign board
1: then Shane if we switch the camera over there yeah, got a buggy yeah um, that- I had a friend of mine actually got me the same one for for Christmas I should have brought it, man.
0: Yeah, Kelly got me that one. My sister, uh, the one that uh, eats roaches, um, she does not remember that. Uh, we, had Around Christmas, we had a long conversation about just how vividly I remember things, and she couldn't remember that part. I said, I, I, I know exactly where you were standing. It was trauma. It was trauma yeah, man. and then also a little tumbler there, Boo. so... Um, We uh, we're uh, getting a little bit of getting a little swag, man. This this looks good, dude. I love it. Uh, My wife uh, put out some feelers to get some prices on some uh, Mel Cartel hoodies that we'll be offering soon for anybody that may be interested in. um, People always asking
1: me. Well, I don't know about you, but people always ask for some merch. Yep. And so Uh, I think we speaking
0: of merch. uh, our uh, studio smells great. I want Shane to introduce it, but uh, um, it, I
1: mean, it smells manly in here today. Yeah, White Buffalo. Uh, I have a friend of mine. Uh, we've mentioned him several times on Mill Cartel, uh, Jacob Dorn, and a good buddy of mine named Jacob. And, uh, He's a good buddy of ours now, and so he came up with some beard oil, which that's what Nick is holding, and yep,
0: that's the beard oil because I have a some beard, cologne.
1: and I don't have a beard, so I didn't get the beard oil. But he, he's got a little peach fuzz, but I, I don't think the is... Yeah, I'm gonna hit puberty at some point when I when I hit fifty, I'll get puberty. But uh, if you want to smell like a man, this is what men, a manhood smells like. Great white
0: buffalo, um, not associated with the buffalo man. On YouTube, you can check that out if you've never done so. Uh, this is Frost by the Fire. Yep, smells very manly. Jacob Dorn is on Facebook, so right. if you're interested, search his name or reach out to Shane and myself. We can get you in touch with it, and you too can smell very manly.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it, dude. Would you, would you I mean like think about it? You know, like like I know. Remember back in the day when that girl in your classroom came in and smelled like a uh, cucumber melon. Remember that? Because you put that lotion on her, yeah. Bath & Body Works. Cucumber. It was like cucumber melon or something, that was, it? was the That was the lotion. That, Wasn't it? And they probably had body spray too, but yes, it was. That's right. And so you knew that was a, and I smell that. I distinctly think that's a female. Yes. And no matter who it is, it's a female. I promise you, you put this cologne on, you're a man. It smells nothing
0: like cucumber melon. It does not smell like <laughs> cucumber melon. I so, you better go chop some wood, yeah. bro. Pr- protect yourself. Don't let your wife rub off on you. Get you That's some... That's right. Uh, Frost by the fire. Great white buffalo. buffalo. That's it. And all good men should have a beard.
1: Um, and <laughs> so <laughs> get you some beard oil. Let's go. And hey, keep it shiny. Today, I, I think uh, we have something we want to talk about. I think it'll be very beneficial. And uh so this is what I was doing. So I actually had some time. You mentioned scrolling. So I was scrolling and looking up just men things, okay? And I call that you know, research. Research. Okay. Yeah, research. We'll say research. And so I was doing some research and I actually got lost a bunch down down some rabbit holes and stuff. I mean, it was really good stuff and just how you know, we want, we all think that we can fight, uh, defeat a bear and all kinds of stuff like that. That was like 18% of all men think that they can defeat a King Cobra. Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting and we've mentioned animals and things before. And so I landed on an article that was written in 2018 and then it actually what pointed me to, it was an article that was written in um, in 2023 matter of fact, um, and so, and so, this is the article, and the title was, uh, The Top 12 Issues Men Face Today. And so, it was uh, reposted um, for this year uh, on a website, and um, and so I was like, man, this was good enough for somebody to, to post again, and so I just got, felt like it was u- unique, and so you and I both, um, obviously, we're, were talking about this, and so... Um, do, do are you cool with with us discussing this thing, Nicholas? Yeah, absolutely. I think what you should do is read what the article says. Uh-huh. Like we'll
0: we'll do a few. We're gonna make this a multi part because this is interesting. Uh, I do want to read this part before you read it. It is by the okay. Good Men Project, which on the surface you would go, "Oh, Good Men Project," uh-huh. you know, it sounds good. That's Branding right. has a lot to do with it, but this is what the little subheader says, and then uh, Shane's gonna read the first one. It says men's roles are changing almost faster than we can keep up with the change. Interesting. Do men's roles change? But this is what the article says. Um, Here are 12 reasons the conversation about men is so incredibly important. So we're just going to cover a few today. And then in future episodes, we're going to cover the rest because
1: we think these are worth discussing. So Shane, all right, here we go. Number one. And we'll discuss this. It says, unrealistic and stereotypical portrayals of men in the media and the culture. And I'm just going to read what it says. It says, tired of seeing dumb and deadbeat dads sick of every man on TV being a, se- a sex-obsessed womanizer. So are men. Men are often seen as incompetent, uh, Miss, I don't even know how to say that word. Misogynistic. That's it, dude. That's like Spanish <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, Brutus Slobs, who... Um, Only think about sex, beer, and sports and have few other redeeming qualities. On the other end of the spectrum, however, is the superhero, the man who is financially successful, in perfect shape, rich, handsome, brilliant, athletic, the gold standard, and an almost impossible ideal. These two extremes are two of the false choices of of manhood. Society constantly asks men to choose between being sensitive, ninnies or hyper-aggressive bullies, financial providers for their families or absentee fathers, Men of the house, or they are whipped. Um, so the man box begins. The way in which being, which being a man is acceptable by our culture is narrow, limiting, um, is narrow and limiting. Uh, when are the portrayals of the manny? Men who are complex, kind, communicative nurturing the men who are able to be both warriors and poets as needed, able to love deeply and for the long term with multidimensional uh, abilities about a whole host of things. Oh, hey, that's almost every guy we know at the Good Men Project. Yeah. So that was the entire number one. What do you think?
0: Well, I mean, it's funny because it says are essentially the unrealistic and stereotypical portrayals of men uh, and yet they I feel like there are some points that they definitely are right on yeah. um, but at the same time you know it's talking about uh, it, and it gets into uh, essentially how um, their what their thoughts of what men should be and I, I find it interesting that it is, just written by the editors. It's provided by the editors, yeah. so we, we we don't know who's writing this. Um, but it says you know it's given like as if it's two extremes. Yeah. Um, and and I had kind of pointed this out before. The man who is financially successful, in perfect shape, rich, handsome, brilliant, athletic, the gold standard, and an almost impossible I- ideal. Well, I don't think that's an impossible ideal. Um, rich. Uh, That's subjective, financially successful. Uh, I think anybody that's in the United States is probably financially successful. Even the poor here have much more than those around the world. And so to even say that, you know, basically that's the superhero uh, is wrong because everything that I see there is a man that puts forth effort towards whatever that might be. You can start as a garbage collector, but work your way up to the CEO of the you know the, uh-huh. the company, uh-huh. so financially successful. That doesn't just happen to people, and yep. so to make that as if it's an extreme um, is really kind of um, uh, I think extreme. Uh, handsome, brilliant, athletic. A lot of those like handsome. That is um, subjective. Once again, you know you you might look at. A couple and go, wow, if he can get married, you know, like you might be single going, looking at another guy from your own opinion, going, wow, if he can get married, there must be something wrong with me. Cause you look at him as if maybe he's ugly or not a good looking guy, but in the eyes of that woman, obviously he is. So being handsome is subjective, you know, but to, to say that that is men going to the extreme, I think is, uh, is wrong and it's an error. Um, but I think it's a way of diminishing what calling guys to a higher standard, and uh-huh. I think really that's the the angle is like we want to define manhood, we don't want you to define manhood because that's, right. that's stereotypical. Let us help you define manhood, uh-huh. and
1: and we'll see that in some of the other Dude, things. That is exactly my thoughts, and and it mentions the man box, like the box that you just kind of put the ideal man in, and and you're like they're, they they were actually doing the same thing, right? They were like talking about the, the two different extremes because i'm with you I'm, i think that you know we as men we may look at a guy who's you know maybe not a pretty boy but if he has muscles and he's well taken care of we go man he's a stud you know that's, so, well, that's what we think but girls they probably think totally different right people just don't stumble into majority of people don't just stumble into financial you know uh um, a positive financial state of my like they just don't they are disciplined they make calculated risk um they uh use at the bar money to make money and then they have you know certain types of revenue um and so and i i definitely wouldn't wouldn't say that that was a bad thing but it seems like they like that's what they do yeah well and it's uh where it says, where are the second paragraph, where it says, where are the portrayals of many men who are complex, kind, communicative, nurturing, the men who are able to put to be both warriors and poets as needed, to able to love deeply and for the long term with multidimensional abilities with a whole host of things.
0: And I agree. I mean, and I think that's where, and once again, people may have their own kind of perspective to say that a man can't be, necessarily strong or physically fit and nurturing and communicative and kind and complex, you know, to say, and and maybe that's what they're saying. And I agree with that statement. They can be both warriors and poets. Poets. They can be both warriors and gardeners. There's a saying like, it's better to be a a warrior in a garden than a gardener um, in a war. You know, uh, although many gardeners have won wars, you know, commoners. Uh, but, I mean, uh, it's kind of confusing in, in a way. It's like they're trying to ride the fence and uh, get the approval of all people in some ways and some of what they're talking about. Um, but they, you know, I think painting, for instance, um, you know, men are often seen as incompetent, uh, misogynistic, brutish who th- who only think about sex, beer, sports, and have... And so we would agree with that, like that tv kind of paints right. them as that but at, on the same side to say that some of the behaviors that you may fit in those categories is wrong or you know a poor representation of men is once again y- your opinion but or their opinion uh, the editors but not necessarily the you know um correct that's right. Um, you know, that's why I would love to know who the editors are to go. You really can't redefine masculinity. Uh And as we go through this, I believe that's what they're trying to do. Uh, You can't redefine the roles of a man. That's right. You can't, you know, yes, there can be men who are men who, I mean, let's take ourselves for an example. I don't have the muscle mass you have, I don't, you know, I don't have the height and the size you have. That doesn't mean I'm any less of a man. No, but
1: you got a beard, and I, I have got a like beard. A, mine looks like continents, bro. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just doesn't it's look good. Just
0: separated. It's just
1: separated. You got, the, I got gray hair, bro, and you, you got, you know, awesome brown locks. And so, you know, you, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, but that's the the it it's the actual roles and the duties of a man. Uh-huh that in fulfilling those but i do think men should do hard things they should take care of themselves yes, they sir. should and so to t- to try to say that's a uh, the man box or you know making that an extreme view is completely incorrect if well, that's yeah. the only view yep. um then yes i would agree uh, if we're only saying men look like this But at the same side, I think they're almost trying to chip away at Uh some of that. And I think that's what we'll see. And that's what
1: you'll see by the end of the article. You want to jump to two? Yeah, let's go.
0: Okay. So uh, combating racism, sexism, homophobia, and the man box. All of these seemingly different social issues stem from society's views of masculinity. I mean, just right off the top, that's crazy. (laughs) Racism comes directly from men being told their role is to provide and protect. Once again, Crazy. Most of systemic racism comes white, uh, hold on. Most of s- s- systemic racism comes white supremacists seeking to gain that they don't even know how to write. Most of systemic racism comes, I think they mean from white supremacists seeking to gain economic advantage. A man is not a man unless he is a financial success. So the old stereotype goes, And racism has long been used as a way to leverage financial success for a small group of people at the top. Sexism comes directly from the idea that women are less than men. It's part economics, part control, part access to sex. Homophobia is a way of marginalizing other men as well as cutting men off from platonic touch, no homo, and emotional intelligence. All of this leads to the man box. The idea that there is one right way to be a man while marginalizing others who are different than that idealized man. There's a reason oppressed groups are oppressed where we're fighting all of that.
1: Well, all right. So off the bat, the tone in which I get, I could be completely wrong, feels like some of these people are fits in that category. And so they're taking offense to, they're taking it personal. I feel like this number two, whoever the writers are, are taking this thing personal. It feel it just seems like it's a personal thing. It's like they are really bothered and they yeah they probably would want to put this at number one, but they decided to put it at number two so don't want to look as obvious because it comes out the gate and basically saying racism comes directly from men being told their role is to provide and protect. Right. I say, what? Like that's not even his historical. Like there's no historical evidence in that. Yeah. No connection. No connection. So that's just an, just your own two cents. Because I think that's a personal thing. And if you, if as, as you read, and those who are listening, you, you actually you know listen listen to what Nick said. Um, when he got into homophobia towards the end of the paragraph, homophobia, homophobia is a way of marginalizing others, men as well as cutting men off from platonic touch and emotional intelligence. <laughs> and then it says, all this leads to the man box, the idea that there is one right way to be a man. And while marginalized and others who are different, I don't see it that way at all. I don't see like when we talk about being a man is is to protect and and to take care of your family. I just feel like that's the responsibility who you who you are, like how, what God has made you is to take care of your family. And if just think about it, if everybody took care of their responsibility, and we've never talked about not being compassionate or or caring or kind, you right. know, as someone, uh, as, as men of faith, you know, we know that kindness leads to repentance and we're called to love one another, um, as we love, love Jesus. And so, um, and so, so that's still what we're, what, what we should do, but we are called to, to take care of things. And because we take care of our business, doesn't mean that we're racist, right? Well, does it doesn't mean that we don't think that we're better than any other race or somebody else who has, uh, who has some, some, uh, gender and so the, even me saying this I feel like this will be offensive to many a gender confusion which which is you know which sure. would seem very you know um, that would even sound not like I'm being kind so I think the writer would find me not kind because I just said like that phrase
0: yeah well there there are natural behaviors between men and women That's and right. so there's nothing wrong with me telling my son guys don't act that way That's men right. don't act that way if you have a problem with that that's your opinion. That's right. But that doesn't you don't get to redefine and that's why I said from the very beginning the roles of men are changing. The roles of men do not change. That's right. So you don't get to redefine that. But that's what they want to do. They they yeah. they they want control. They want some kind of power to feel like oh we're we're going to change the view of uh, men from the traditional but but you can't change what's always been like in, yeah. in a tribe when you know, a young man would hit a certain age and the warriors would take them out to um, to prepare them for manhood. That's been long-standing. Yeah. Just because man wants to change, mankind, people, in their thinking and their beliefs and things like that, doesn't mean that um, the ways of man uh, or the roles of men change. And so where it... And I think they, they've got some false kind of application here where it says like a man is not a man unless he is a financial success. So the old stereotype goes, no one say you got to be a financial success, like right. making millions of dollars um, to provide for your family means I do whatever I got to do to provide for my family. And I believe they're feeding into a stereotype of uh, where, or, or they're maybe they got a problem with those of us who would say it is a problem to have fatherless homes uh-huh. because a father should be there not only taking care of their children, providing and protecting their home. Um, and, and there, there are statistics that there are different demographics where fatherless homes are on the rise and there's great people trying to combat that That's right. uh, even within that same demographic, that racial demographic. Um, nobody's we're not okay with that. Um, there may be some people who are okay with that, but, uh, that's not racism uh-huh. and about to say we should have more fathers in homes that's more right. da- more dads need to stay in the fight they need to stay in the home stay in the marriage of course there's nothing they can do if the mom if the wife uh, or the you know maybe it's just the mom because they didn't get married um, she moves on but that's not racism uh-huh. but a man can work three jobs and provide for his family and not be like a, a wealthy man but that's he right. provides for his family. Yep. So those two, you can't correlate those two things. No uh-huh. one's saying you've got to make a certain amount of money. You know who says that? Go watch. There's tons of reels where they interview women who's saying they want a someone who makes it like a quarter of a million dollars, six yep. foot tall.
1: It's women who are saying that, uh-huh. not men. Uh huh. Yeah, and I, I that, and that's a unique thing because I mean, like you, some of that's generational. Uh, I believe. I mean, just my opinion, my two cents, and that's how much how much it's probably worth is two cents. But me, as a professional human, <laughs> for forty six years, um, I think some of that is generational. To be honest, I think that that like you have Gen X, and then you have Millennials, and I think that whatever the buy in with the younger people, like in the twenties, some of the reels that I've seen where they have said, "I want this," "I want that," and um, and uh, and so have this unrealistic thing. I think that you know they're they're there There tends to be um this narrative that's pushed towards like that you can yeah you know, i I'm trying to say something that's pretty deep but I, but i'm I'm trying to get I'm getting lost in my words, but like I just think it's generational thing i I think there was a time and place where people just looked at like yeah I just want somebody to 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 be kind and honest and would work. You know, and it was and it was enough. That was enough. Right. And then somehow we have now media. We now have. I mean, you could look at even processed foods. I mean, I know this is a totally different tangent, but I think it's it all kind of correlates where you want everything now, you want everything fast, you want everything how you want it, like as Burger King. And so it ain't on demand. On demand, right? Everything is like this, and so you just grow up thinking. You know, everybody's. You know, people use filters on social media. You think this is how the, it's supposed to look, but back in the day, man, we didn't have it. Growing up, we didn't have no social media. There was no. We didn't even have that. I mean, the, right. the biggest thing is you looked at somebody on TV like Rambo and was like, I want to be like that. Right. But and, that was. And they're it. saying
0: that's wrong. They're saying that's a poor stereotype of 100%. a man. In what way? That's
1: right.
0: That's because
1: right. Because
0: he's got muscles, which simply means that he's disciplined. He's consistent. You know he he takes care of himself. He he wants you know uh, that he will go and protect. Um, he's the reluctant hero. Uh-huh. Go go watch the other first bloods. Yeah. You know um, he he didn't want to go and go to Russia or to Afghanistan in part three, part two he didn't want to go. You know, they, they asked him when he was in the prison camp, and, you know, he was a reluctant... He, he never uh-huh. wanted to go enter into the fight. It was when he was drug into it. That's right. Rambo 4, when the missionaries, you know, That's are right. taken in Burma, and he's drug into it because he goes to rescue them. It wasn't like he was that, you know, misogynistic, um, you know, brutish, you know, abusive kind of man, violent... That, that's not him at all. Uh-huh. Um, and so, but yeah, a lot of people will point to that and go, oh, that's that's the bad
1: stereotyping of a man. And I know this is not a man thing. I mean, talk what I'm about to say, but I mean, I, I spent a lot of time with young people, and, and I was with a young person about a year and a half ago, and we're just talking to, talking to the gentleman about what they want to be when they grow up. And, uh, and so, I had a 17-year-old um, kid in front of me, uh, which is have a lot of kids a lot of teenagers but 70 year old really they were saying they want to be they grow up they want to be a youtube uh, youtuber and make and they thought literally that they're going to make millions of dollars and all this other stuff and that was like what they wanted to do with their life and to, to prepare them they just play video games <laughs> and don't have a job though because i'm just watching youtube's to gain knowledge you know yeah and um and so and, and so what i have seen just working with young people is i've seen a lot of that where because technology is like oh well i can just get rich or i can get you know and then there's the blame game when it doesn't work out how you want to it to work out but it's like oh yeah it should be easy it should be instant and then you know like i know and a lot of our listeners know like the the we see reels and stuff now where it's like oh it's not never going to be easy life is tough. You you have to work hard. You have to do this. And you feel like there's like two, some extremes that were at play, you know? Um, Yeah. So I want to go
0: ahead and read three, because we got probably about
1: five minutes. Um, Let's do three. And then I'm gonna kick it to you. All right. right. go. three relationships of every kind. When people think of men and men and relationships, the first thing they often comes to mind is sexual relationships. But the truth is men are just as interested and committed to a host of other kinds of relationships, male relationships, Male, sorry, male friendships, fathers, and their sons and daughters, sons and the fathers and mothers, and fam. Um familial relationships of all kinds, long-term committed relationships between loving partners, platonic friendships, working relationships, online relationships, meeting new people, friendships between gay and straight men that go beyond stereotypes, men loving their children with their whole heart and soul, and making conscious decisions to love differently than their own parents. All of those relationships are part of the psyche of today's man, and all are relationships that should be celebrated by our society and culture. After all, A loving relationship with any other human being is a sign of strength. What do you think about that?
0: I don't largely disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, If there is a stereotype that men are not interested in relationships. Now, we, once again, we should not necessarily have the time to just go take hours and do coffee dates and get tea and crumpets and whatever (laughs) else. Like we work, uh-huh. we should be working. We we should be the one that is providing for our families. I'm not saying women cannot be in the workplace and can't do that. That's totally up to you. That's your choice. But if you're saying that men can't are, are not interested in relationships because we really don't have the time and the capacity to mm-hmm. invest in them on a largely like some ladies might can do, yes, in that way. But relationships are going to look different between men and women and how they approach their relationships and friendships. So, yeah, I mean, no one – I've never seen anyone saying that men don't care about relationships. Um, If anything, you know, and they'll get into some of the other stuff. It mentioned like uh, the – between like – I think it was the gay and – was it
1: by meeting new people or friendships between gay and straight men that go beyond stereotypes. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. And so, you know, I would say no one's saying that people are not, you know, saying that can't have a relationship. Um, I think what we will get into later on in some of the topics where it talks about, you know, some people that it sounds like with some of these agendas um, will say men are homophobic if they're not interested in dating a man transitioning into what they would say yep. is a woman and that you should be open to that at that point no not a not at all yeah and so it depends on what they define as relationships Um platonic friendship absolutely father son grandfather you know Yes, we we do care about those relationships. They're very important to us. I love my family. I love um, my my not only my immediate family, my children, and my wife. I love my extended family. Getting together at the holidays. Uh, I am a very family centered person, and I think that's exactly why men um, do have a specific role and duty, like. I'm going to do anything I can for my family. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree largely with what they're saying. I'm not sure what point they're trying to get at though.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you, man. Um, the thing, man, you know, I think we, I mean, if you put, um, but the truth is men are just as interested and committed to a host of other kinds of relationships. Yeah. You know, and I would say like, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm like you, like I want to, I love my family. I love my friends. Um, I love meeting new people love joking around hanging out and all that, but when it comes to to you know, work relationships, you know um, You know I, I I don't crave just being you to, to have a female Buddy right. at, at, at my job like I don't crave that I just don't I don't have that I don't go man. I've got to have a buddy a female buddy you know <laughs> I just don't I don't do that I don't I don't think I necessarily crave to have those relationships I crave for a community yeah but I don't crave any specific like some of the things that they're pointing out specifically I don't I don't I don't I don't crave I don't think most guys crave that no Um I think that you if you're a dude and I would put this is how I mean think about when you're a t- when you're a teenager you're a dude and you and you wanted to hang out with a girl and have a girl that was like you're gonna be your friend is only because you like them. Yeah. That that you you want to get close to them and get and get then get out of the friend zone so you can date them. Or when they break up, you're the break break, break the glass in case, you know, there's an emergency. That's sure they're going, "Hey, it's going to be okay. You know, I'm here for you." Right. You know, notice now that I'm here and they're not here, you right. know, that type of thing. I don't think that we even as a teenagers we ever was like, "Man, I can't wait to have some buddies that are females." Right. Um but I would say at large. But by saying that, you know, we could be stereotypes. And I mean, so,
0: and I'll say straight up. I mean, I'm not afraid to say it, guys, because um, this is this is our podcast. We can say what we want. We can have our own opinion, just like these people can write their article. If you're a married guy, you you don't have a best friend that's a woman. Um, you may have friendships that are within like with other couples somebody that might be considered an acquaintance or a friend, but not somebody like you and I are going to hang out. Um, yeah. I, we we have even known, um, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but uh, we've known some mutual friends who um, have uh, had those kind of friendships, you yeah. know, where it's yeah. like they're hanging out with a woman uh, apart from their wife because yep. that's their friend yep. and it never goes well and it never ends well. 100%. And so guys, you can't do that. That's it, right. it's the, and, and if you are Feeling those like friendship feelings, like you would think, it's like Shane says. There's, there's more to that, and you need to protect yourself because um, it never leads to a healthy thing. Uh, My wife is not going to have a very close male friend. You can call me misogynistic if you want, but I know, (laughs) I know guys, and it's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah, and
0: so um, you know, I've I've told guys even making comments on my wife's uh, photos, don't do it again. Uh It's inappropriate. Uh-huh. She's married. Uh-huh. It ain't gonna happen.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: I'm I'm not playing that game. So yeah, guys, we're talking to guys as the male cartel. Uh, don't don't mess around with other women if you're married. Yeah, you yep. don't need another female friend.
1: That's right. That's United right.
0: Solomon, he was wise but foolish.
1: Uh huh. Thinking he could have
0: 700 wives and 300 concubines or whatever it was. And you're
1: not wrong for that too. Like I I, I think you're taking care of your responsibility and you are. Um, as what this article said, provide and protect, right? It, it, it's a it's a it's not a good thing. It is a good thing. And to protect is protecting you and to protect your family. And if you're in a marriage, it's definitely to protect your marriage. And so, and that is, you need to be the first line of defense in that and need to be a sheepdog watching at all times. And um, yeah. So. Well,
0: and, I, and to be honest, in comparison to my wife, there's no one else that can stand even toe-to-toe with her that i would need to be friends with i that's got right. everything i need in her and that's right that's that's it so Good. um yeah protect yourself guardrails that's it dude that's be it. wise.
1: was well, hopefully this has been beneficial for you um and uh we'll do some more from from this article yeah and, there's 12
0: uh, total we covered three so
1: yeah We'll tackle some more that's right we'll we'll, we'll flush it all out but hopefully you've you've learned something and at least start thinking in your head what kind of man you are um i know just us who were discussing it and reading it um even before we started the podcast and even now is starting to think through like what kind of man am i what kind of man am i would i be viewed as being not so like uh politically correct or whatever um and uh, but we need to know who we are and uh protecting and providing for your family. um, That is a good place to start. Yeah, and
0: you young guys, it's important to know your identity as a man, your role as a man, your duty as a man, those things, uh, because these articles are really aimed at you um, and trying to sway a a new generation. And so uh, find you some older men uh, to learn from, to grow from, uh, a great mentor, and that will lead
1: you well, and it will not Mm -hmm. disappoint you. That's right. Alright, well that's all we have for you and uh, like we always say, get 1% better Anything else you want to say? Just uh, like,
0: subscribe, share Uh, We we love to hear the feedback in the comments. Thank you for listening Um, Get 1% better every day. We'll see you in a couple weeks.
1: Yep, peace
0: Thank you for joining the Mail Cartel podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share to help other men join the cartel. You can also keep up with us on social media and at mailcartel.com